KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. It may not seem like it, and certain corners may not have made it official, but we are in a presidential transition period. And on January 20th, we will have a new commander in chief in Joe Biden. Now, this period, where one presidential administration is on its way out, is often referred to as the lame duck period. So, what have we seen in the past during this time, and what could we see over the next couple of months? Talked about all this with Rogers Smith. He is a professor of political science at the University of Pennsylvania. This is really important information and really interesting. Give a listen. All right, first thing, I kind of want to start with the baseline here because I've seen some things that I don't think people understand. We have a president-elect, but President Trump still has all presidential powers until 12 noon January 20th, correct? There is no change in that. Absolutely right. Uh, We have one president at a time, and until... January 20th, that is President Trump. He has the full powers of the executive office. But this is always an interesting time. You see a lot of presidents that are on their way out. You know, what are some things that whenever there's a turnover in office, you would expect to see a president do in his final days? It's uh, common for presidents uh, to pardon people that they think have been un excessively or unjustly punished. Um, They save those pardons until the lame duck period because they can be politically unpopular, but at the same time, uh, it's their last chance to do what they regard as uh, the right thing to do. Also, there are a variety of public policies that they may seek to address. We've had presidents set aside public lands for national conservation purposes uh, because, again, that can be controversial, but if they get it done in the lame duck period, it's harder to undo it afterwards. There are presidents who uh, strive to complete important foreign policy negotiations because they hope that their legacy will include those foreign policy successes. Jimmy Carter tried very hard um, to get the Iran hostages released uh, before uh, Ronald Reagan came into office, and he just barely did so. Um, Bill Clinton uh, tried to get a Middle East peace agreement. He was not successful uh, in doing so. Those are the kinds of actions uh, that presidents often uh, work hard on during the lame duck period. Are there any lame duck periods that stand out more than most because of the amount of activity that you say, are there any ones you point to and go, they really did all they could in these final minutes? The most striking example, actually, is uh, when John Adams was a lame duck, um, having lost to Thomas Jefferson in 1800 after previously defeating him in 1796. And uh, Adams and his Federalist allies were deeply concerned that the incoming Jefferson administration would undo the Constitution in their views. And so they took a whole set of acts to shore up Federalist control of the judiciary. Uh, Adams appointed John Marshall chief justice of the Supreme Court while Marshall was acting as secretary of state. He did both jobs for a while. Uh, They created a circuit court act uh, that 
um, created federal circuit court judgeships that they appointed federalists to, and they created a set of justices of the peace position in the District of Columbia that they also filled with federalists. So that was a real effort effectively to capture a branch of government uh, before leaving office since they'd lost the Congress and they'd lost the presidency. The opposite example, actually, uh, is when FDR was coming in to replace uh, Herbert Hoover, and Hoover tried very hard to get FDR uh, to meet with him and sign on to Hoover's economic policies. FDR didn't want to be made responsible for those policies, and so he refused to do so. In those days, the new president didn't come in until March, uh, and that prolonged uh sort of loggerheads in on executive action uh, so concerned people that the 20th Amendment was passed in 1933, moving the date up to January, where it's been ever since. Do any of the recent lame duck periods, you mentioned Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton with the peace process in the Middle East, do any of them stand out to you from a, a pardon rulemaking standpoint, anything that we, we've seen, say, the last 20, 25 years? Well, I think some of Clinton's pardons were particularly controversial because uh, he was seen as uh, benefiting old friends, uh, uh, some of whom um, had done bad things. But uh, the reality is that until 2020, the modern ethos has been to have a peaceful and constructive transition. Uh, And so modern presidents have generally refrained from doing anything that would be too politically inflammatory. Rather, they've tried to do things uh, that will uh, consolidate their legacy. It can include pushing through some uh, uh, regulations or ending some regulations uh, in ways that they hope will tie the hands of their successors who have different policies. But... um, That's generally known during the transition period, and the new president comes in um, and on day one uh, reinstates many of the regulations or um, uh, abrogates those that were just adopted. Uh, So some presidents have tried to do that, but it's not proven very effective. We are in unprecedented times. We have a sitting president who still refuses to acknowledge lost the election. Are we kind of off the grid here as far as what we could expect from here until January 20th? Well, we absolutely are in a situation that we never have been in before, not just in modern times, but ever. There are potentially serious consequences in the short term uh, with the president refusing to cooperate with the incoming administration on Uh, issues of national intelligence and national security on issues of COVID-19 relief. And that's going to hamper the new administration from day one in meeting the needs of the American people. It's fortunate that this incoming administration is highly experienced because Biden was vice president and most of his people served in the Obama administration. Uh, But it's still a serious threat. Uh, to the well-being of the country. And what's more, the longer-term consequences are to uh, indicate that even America's leaders don't have faith in our democratic institutions. That hurts the credibility of the American political system at home and abroad. And, of course, once one president has done it, 
other presidents may be encouraged to do the same. So what has been a point of pride in the American political system, celebrated often at the beginning of inaugural addresses like Ronald Reagan did, like George W. Bush did, the process of a peaceful cooperative transition, uh, that's been called into the question going forward because it's not happening right now. Let's assume we get to January 20th and what everybody expects to happen with Joe Biden be inaugurated president. Do you think this experience, could you see changes made to the transition at time? You mentioned that they, the 20th Amendment pushed it from March to January. Could we see it shortened? Could we see, I don't know if guardrails is the right word, but things put in place? I mean, I don't know if anything can be done in our current political polarization, but could you at least see some, some thought given to maybe reassessing how we do this? Yes, I think some thought will be given. I don't think it will take the form of changing the date uh, in which the new administration uh, comes into power because that would require a constitutional amendment. But I can imagine legislation that would uh, identify new triggers that require uh, an incumbent administration uh, to assist the incoming administration if uh, they haven't been reelected, um, because that is already a uh, subject matter of congressional uh, statutes. Right now, it is ultimately left to the discretion of the president, but they could put in uh, an indication that um, uh, when states certify the votes and you have a winner, then automatically the General Services Administration is required to begin cooperating uh, with the transition team for the new administration. And there are other such reforms that uh, could be adopted. I hope they'll be considered. And do we have a system that relies too much on gentlemen's agreements and norms? I really think that we probably suffer uh, more from excessive regulation that leads to litigation on a whole variety of issues than we do uh, too much reliance on norms. But it is simply inescapable that you have some substantial norm reliance because you can't legislate or um, issue regulations to cover every possibility, every contingency. And that is why Uh, The concern that many have expressed in recent years about erosion of democratic norms, while it can be exaggerated, uh, uh, we've had a lot of um, uh, not so cooperative behavior and not so democratic behavior throughout U.S. history. Uh, It's nonetheless true uh, that uh, when uh, the nation's leaders uh, reject the notion that they're expected to meet certain standards of uh, civility and cooperation for the public good, Uh, that's very dangerous, um, and it is a danger uh, that's right in front of us now. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.